Wildwood Community Church exists to glorify God by connecting people to Christ, His worship, His community, and His mission. To contact us or for more information, see our website at wildwoodchurch.org. It's so good to see you here as we launch into a new year. Welcome to 2015. Uh, And I don't know if you realize it or not, but as we move into 2015, in a few months, we're going to have a visit from a teenager, a teenager from Hill Valley, California, whose given name is Martin McFly, more commonly known as Marty McFly, who in a few months, 2015, is going to show up in a DeLorean time machine. Now, you know what I'm referring to. I'm referring to the Back to the Future movie series, in particular, Back to the Future 2. And I don't know if you remember this or not, but when they're going ahead, you know, many years into the future, the year that they go ahead to was, guess what, 2015. And so this is the era that they thought was in the distant future, the very year that we're now in, 2015. And one of the things they tried to do in the movie is they tried to project ahead of what would be in the future, what we would experience at that time. And a number of the things when they made the movie, they they got exactly right. For example, in the movie, you have extra large flat screen TVs. And on them in the movie, you can watch multiple channels at once, which you can do if you have direct TV right now. So they got that right. That's exactly what we're experiencing. Another thing they had that they got right in in the movie projection for the distant future is that you would be able to make video phone calls, and that's exactly what we can do. Uh, I can talk to anybody in the world through a video phone call. Uh, Another thing that they talked about in the movie in the future of way ahead in 2015 is there would be a lot of 3D things happening, and that's exactly what we have. We know that we have 3D movies, we have 3D TVs. Another Uh, thing that they projected ahead in the distant year of 2015 is that you would have these um, things that would be these glasses you would put over your face and, and you could talk to people through those glasses or you could actually watch something through those glasses. And of course, you know that we have something similar called Google Glasses that we, we can actually go out and buy right now. So a lot of the things they projected for the distant future of 2015 They got right. There were a number of things, though, that they they missed. Obviously, we don't have in 2015 flying cars or or hoverboards, although they are actually testing out some experimental versions of hoverboards right now. Another thing that they didn't get right is they projected that way in 2015, everyone would be walking around wearing double neckties. Uh, They didn't get that one right, but it's an interesting concept. Uh, Another thing we don't have is a self-drying jacket. We don't have those yet. And the thing that I'm most disappointed they missed on is Mr. Fusion. You know, we don't have a home energy reactor like they had in the movie where you could just take an empty aluminum can and a banana peel and you could get a lot of energy out of all of that. So they got some of it right, but they missed on other things. But there are people here today, and I'm one of them, who just cannot believe it's 2015. You know what I'm talking about? 2015 is here. And one of the traditions we have at Wildwood 
as we enter into a new year is take some time and take a look back and then also to take some time to take a look ahead. And one of the other traditions we have is we like to begin our new year of taking communion together. So we're going to be doing that today toward the ends of our service. But one of the themes I wanted to just focus on this morning is this. As we look back on a prior year and as we head into a new year, and that theme is that God is good. You know, it's been a saying in the Christian community for a number of years. The saying goes something like this, God is good all the time. All the time, God is good. And often what would happen is a leader would say the first part, God is good, and the congregation would say all the time, and then the leader would say all the time, and the congregation would say God is good. Now, I I want you to pause for a moment and just think about that. God is good. God is good all the time. How can somebody really say that? How can can you really say that? Think back to 2014. Because the year 2014 had ups and downs and twists and turns. It had difficult times. And of course, there were blessings. When there's blessings, it's easy to say, well, God is good. But also we have adversity and difficulty and discouragement and pain and death. How is it that we can say, God is good, God is good all the time? It was about 100 years ago that a missionary named Alan Gardner had an accident and drowned. And when his body was found near his overturned boat along the seashore, they discovered something else, which was a common thing for men to do in that era, and that was to write a diary, and they found his diary. And as they were reading through, and he was talking about his experience as a missionary, over and over it told again of experiences of hunger and deprivation and yes, persecution and suffering that he had experienced as a missionary. And yet, the very last entry in his diary was this. I am overwhelmed with a sense of the goodness of God. How does that work? He was basically saying, God is good. God is good all the time. And so as a setup to some of the sharing we're going to do and the communion we're going to partake of, I want to just offer briefly a little perspective on this whole arena. That God is good and that God is good all the time. You know, the psalmist Tell us that God is good. In Psalm 34, 8, it says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. And in Psalm 100, verses 4 and 5, it says this, Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name, for the Lord is good 
and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. God is good. God is good all the time. How do you get there? Well, I want to share very briefly that there are at least three reasons that Alan Gardner and the psalmists and we can conclude that God is good, that God is good all the time. Just look at them very quickly. The first reason we can say that, no matter what's going on in life, is his natural blessings, his natural blessings. Psalm 145, 9 says, the Lord is good to all. There's blessings that God gives to everyone who is living and breathing on the planet. Jesus talked a little about this in Matthew 5, 45, where he says this, that God the Father causes the Son to rise on the evil and the good. You know, when it's a cold, freezing day and that sun comes up and you feel its warmth, it's a natural blessing that God gives to every human being, whether they know him or not. He goes on to say, the Father sends the rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. There are just natural blessings that God delivers to us. And they're expressions of his goodness. J.I. Packer said this. He said, the point is that since God controls all that happens in the world, every meal, every pleasure, every possession, every bit of sun, every night's sleep, every moment of health and safety, everything else that sustains and enriches life is a divine gift. And how abundant these gifts are. So one reason why we can say that God is good and God is good all the time is his natural blessings. But you know what our tendency is, men and women, certainly is for me, is we lose sight of those. And every day there are dozens and dozens of them. Just the blessing of taking a breath as a human being is an expression of the goodness of God. So God is good, and God is good all the time. The second reason why we can say that is not only his natural blessings, but his spiritual blessings that come to us. In Psalm 145, 8 and 9, it says, the, the Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and great in loving kindness. The Lord is good to all. There's that phrase, and his mercies are over all his works. God is good not only because of his natural blessings, but because of his spiritual blessings that he gives to us who know him and have a relationship with him. Paul talked about our spiritual blessings several times in the book of Ephesians. In Ephesians chapter 2, verses 4 and 5, he says this about our spiritual blessings. He says, but God, being rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our transgressions, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. He was focusing on God's spiritual blessings as an expression of his goodness in our life. Did you notice them in there? They're packed in there. How about the spiritual blessing of his love? 
And he gives that. Notice it says there, his great love with which he loved us. And there, he gives his love to us as his children abundantly expressed most clearly in the sacrifice of his own son because he loved you and he loved me. We see the spiritual blessing of his mercy in these verses. It talks about how he was rich in mercy. Remember what mercy is? Mercy is when God withholds something that we deserve to receive. And that's an expression of his spiritual blessing towards us. I mean, we deserve the wrath of God. We deserve the judgment of God, and yet in his mercy, he withholds that, part of his spiritual blessings. And then we have the spiritual blessing of his grace. Notice it says there, by grace you have been saved. Remember what grace is? Grace is when he gives us something we don't deserve. How about our salvation? We don't deserve that. How about the privilege of being called a child of God and a, and a son of God? We don't deserve that. That's an expression of his grace. On a regular basis, in 2014, I kept reminding myself of that. I don't deserve this. To be a son of God, a child of God, I don't deserve that, but his grace, his spiritual blessings, Bring that to me as an expression of his goodness. So God is good. God is good all the time because of his natural blessings, because of his spiritual blessings, and then thirdly, because of his providential plan in our life. It's an expression of his goodness to us. Romans 8.28, familiar verse to many of us, says, we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. God is good, and God is good all the time, in part because of his providential plan in our life. His providential plan was at work in your life and mine in 2014, and his providential plan is going to be at work in your life and mine in 2015. And think back to one of the most difficult things that you faced in the past year. Well, think about it for just a second. When we face those things, the truth is we do not know the why. But the truth also is that we do know the who. And no matter what flavor it may have been in your life, because of his providential plan, he is above it all and he is behind it all. And that is an expression of his goodness to us. Even when we experience pain and even when we experience adversity, even when we experience difficulty and discouragement, we can have confidence that God is at work because of his providential plan. God is good. God is good all the time. That's important for Alan Gardner to be reminded of. It's important for me to be reminded of. It's important for you to be reminded of. How can we say 
God is good. God is good all the time. We can say that when we refocus on his natural blessings, his spiritual blessings, and his providential plan. Let's pray together. Father, we just thank you for 2014, and that means some ups and downs for all of us. We look forward to a new year, and we know there's going to be twists and turns, some adversity, and some great blessing. We would pray, Father, though, as we walk our way through the next year, that you would just allow us to refocus on your goodness, the natural blessings that you bring to us. It's so much just a matter of perspective, the spiritual blessings that you have given to us and that you give us. And then the working of your providential plan in our life. And Father, when we're focused on those, we can have the amazing perspective that God is good and he is good all the time. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. One of the things we're going to do as part of our time together today is we're going to have some individuals share. And I'm going to actually start, I'm going to share this morning on behalf of my son, who would love to be here, but this very weekend he's up in the Miami area at a Sky Ranch camp up there, and they've brought all their staff up there for a staff retreat. So he couldn't be here, but I'm going to share on his behalf. And then Wayne and Edie Russell are going to come and share, and then Wayne Berryhill is also going to come and share. But I want to begin, and as I said, I'm going to share on behalf of my son. Uh, many of you know that um, my son and my daughter-in-law, Brittany, uh, lost a child a year ago who was full-term. And one of the things that Brittany regularly does is she writes in a blog, and many of you no doubt have read those blogs, but um, at the one-year anniversary of Hannah's death, my son wrote the blog post, and I want to read it to you. It's dated December 16th, 2014, a couple of weeks ago. He writes, one year, things can change so quickly in one year. One year ago, we found out that our daughter Hannah had died at 39 weeks, nine months. Our world changed that day. Brittany and I were expecting our little girl any day, and suddenly she was gone. No diapers to change, no cries to soothe, no time for snuggles. We changed from expecting parents to grieving parents. Having walked through the death of a child, I have changed. I don't love the same. I don't view friends and family the same, and I try to view each day as a special gift from God. I hurt more, cry more, confess more, love more, enjoy more, and sometimes feel nothing more. A year later, I have changed again. A father 
to a handsome son. There are now diapers to change, cries to soothe, time for snuggles, and love to be had. Sleep deprived, schedules flipped upside down, and loving every minute of it. Looking back over the last 365 days, I have changed, my wife has changed, our families and friends have changed because of Hannah's life and death, and now Lincoln's life. Lots of things have changed, but not everything. Today I am thankful that one thing hasn't changed, God. He hasn't changed his character, his love, his righteousness. None of that has changed. He was good on December 16th, 2013, when we thought our world was crashing around us. He is good on December 16th, 2014, when we were up all hours in the night taking care of an infant. He will be good on December 16th for eternity. That is truth. This is what we held on to in the midst of despair and what we still cling to in the midst of joy. God is not defined by our circumstances or the good or bad things that are happening in our life. God is defined by his character and nature, truth that can be discovered by searching his word and learning more about who he is. I pray that today you hold on to this truth or today that you will discover this truth. Tomorrow, as we celebrate Hannah's birthday, we celebrate the time we had with her and we celebrate the faithfulness of our God. We are thankful for the many gifts he has given us that we don't deserve, but most importantly, we are thankful for Jesus, for his life, death, and resurrection. He loves us. Oh, how he loves us. And it brings a lot of joy to me as a dad, to hear those kinds of words coming out of the, the mouth of your son. And one of the things we weren't expecting to experience, Brittany's parents are in Louisiana. We have to alternate Christmases, but because of this conference in Miami, then we were able to have them over for a couple of days. And so we're able to enjoy the young man we call Babe Lincoln. I want to see a little picture. This is what he looks like when he's smiling. That's Babe Lincoln. God is good, and God is good all the time. Wayne and Edie, would you come and share with us? Bruce asked us to give an update on our granddaughter, Callie. Uh, Callie is three years old now. Uh, she was born with uh, arthrogryposis, and uh, what that means is that she straight arms, straight legs, club feet and hands. And uh, it was kind of a grim prognosis in that we had no idea what kind of mobility she would have in, in her arms and her legs. And uh, we got that news and uh, Edie immediately was on the internet looking for doctors that specialized in this. And she found uh, the leading uh, physician in the world 
that works in this field, and he was in Philadelphia at a Shriners Hospital. So uh, she called, got Callie in with him, and my, my daughter Jessica and Edie traveled with Callie many times over the last three years to have him do quite a number of castings on the legs and surgeries on the arms and the legs. And uh, one of the things uh, through this, you, you see the goodness of God, and we saw the goodness of God in this last three years in, in a couple of ways. Uh, one being in that we were able to get into uh, this, this specialist that takes people from all over the world. And uh, another thing was all the prayers of everybody here in the body and, and in multi-states actually that sent up prayers on behalf of Callie and, and for the surgeries that she was having and all the trips they were making to Philadelphia. And uh, through, the, through the prayers, it was we were able to see God answer those. And a lot of those prayers were very specific so that we could see that God did something that only God could do. And uh, so those are areas that we got to see the goodness of God in that situation. And I, I want to say that there really is no time in Callie's life that we could not see his goodness. Um, from the moment that she was being created, he was good. Um, that being said, um, I want you to know that uh, I would have never chosen this for her. I would never, um, I would never choose a challenge. I would never choose a tragedy. And I know that if God were to stand up here today and say, those of you, we're going to form two lines, and those of you who would like to see my goodness shown to you through blessings, you can stand over here. And those of you who want to see my goodness through a tragedy, stand over here. And I know there would be nobody in this line. I certainly wouldn't be. But God chooses our path, and he chooses our steps. Um, and he chose to intricately create Callie um, using the scars in his own hands as he knit her together in Jessica's womb, just as he wanted her to be. And I believe that he was going to show us and her his goodness in a very different way because of what his path was going to be for her. And fast forward that to um, this September when she turned three. She's had a lot of things done, and we're very hopeful that she would walk. And um, her birthday came and went. She wasn't walking yet. Um, she could take a couple steps, but she, without the use of her arms, was not able to balance real well, and she would just fall forward as she walked. And, but all that changed about four weeks ago. And uh, for whatever reason, it just clicked with her, and she got it. <laughs> and she was able to start walking, and she could stop herself. She could turn in a circle, just like she had been watching her cousin Grace do, who is two. She's been watching her for so long, 
waiting and waiting for when she was able to do what Grace could do. And so four weeks ago, that prayer was answered, and she, she was able to walk. And, you know, for three years, I have waited to have her get in trouble at Walmart, just like every other child. Um, and she did that this, this last week. Um, she was walking down the aisle, and she leaned over, and with her mouth, she picked up a bag of dried beans. And I, I, I turned around, and I said, I said, Kelly, you, not, you shouldn't pick up those beans with your mouth. And so she put them back, and then she said to me, well, Nana, she said, I can't lift my arms. And it's like she missed the whole point that she wasn't supposed to play with the beans. But she just... Uh, was doing what she could, and she was so happy to enjoy the aisles and everything on the aisles, just like every three-year-old um, loves to do. So I rejoiced in that moment secretly in my heart, thinking how long we have waited for her to be able to do that. And I know a lot of you saw her video of her walking on Facebook, and we're going to share that with you now. What do you want to say to Papa? I'm walking by myself. Yeah? Papa's getting ready to get in his plane. And, and he. And I'm gonna get in this plane for going to the hospital. You are, that's right. <laughs> you wanna show me that one more time how you just keep walking everywhere? You just are walking all around the house now. Are you gonna show Papa when he gets home tonight? This place goes like this. Yeah. Look at you. She does. She can go in circles and now you can do it too. I can do it too. Yeah, who's been helping you learn to walk? Jesus and God and the doctor. That is exactly (laughs) right. We have so much to be thankful That is a, a very tough act to follow, but we'll give it a we'll give it a shot. Um, so my prayer is that we would not get stuck on number one from Bruce's sermon. We would move on to two and three. And this last year, we've had the joy of experiencing uh, some suffering, which has really allowed us to move on to uh, two and three. For I consider the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. And sometimes we, we just go, glory, glory of God, yeah, okay. But, you know, just, just picture that the, the glory of God is, is like your oven set on 500 degrees and you grab the rack. And just compare that to the unfathomable heat of the sun. And that's how good and big and infinite the glory of God is. This room has seen some magnificent transformations over the last two weeks. We've had the funeral of Ruth Bonji Graham, and then in the last 72 hours, we've had some wonderful events, some breathtakingly beautiful, glorifying, shouting God's goodness events. 10 a.m. Friday, we celebrated the natural life of Ricky Wyatt and his funeral. 4 p.m. Saturday, we had a wedding. This morning, we stand with God in his presence and worship him. We are going to have 
more events just like that this year. We are going to have weddings, and we are going to have funerals right here. The storms will come. The events will come. Our question is, do we consider these things good and joyful and the workings of a good and sovereign God? And the answer lies in where we're standing. Are we standing on the solid rock, or are we lost in the mire of sinking sand? Can you say, therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ? Through him we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand, and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, endurance produces character, character produces hope, and hope does not put us to shame. Because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, who he has given us. Romans 5, 1 through 5. September 3rd, 2012, uh, Ricky Wyatt showed up to Jimmy's Egg at 6 a.m. for breakfast with me. If you eat breakfast with me, you eat early. He showed up with a cane and proceeded to tell me that it was suspected that he had ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease. This was confirmed, and he proceeded, and we watched a slow, creeping paralysis come over his physical body. But we and Ricky and his friends rejoiced in the hope of the glory of God because the body of Christ showed up. We labored, we prayed, we rejoiced. And if you need a, a, a platoon of people to show up and, and join you, then I recommend that you go to the starting point class for this church beginning next Sunday. You can get plugged in. We might have some new people here. It's a great way to get started in our church. You can meet Brian Hayes, who can direct you on where you need to go and how to get there. But we rejoiced in Ricky's suffering. And if you don't believe that Ricky also rejoiced in his suffering, you can Google Ricky Wyatt, ALS, and you can hear it for him. Ricky knew that he was bought with a price, and he knew who he belonged to. Yes, there was suffering, there was pain, there was wondering, there were thoughts, there were dark nights, there was misery. But it all had a purpose, and that purpose was that it glorified God, and it brought Ricky and us to get exactly what God wanted, which was us closer to Christ. Storms will come this year. For the storm that encompassed Ricky, it caused all of us to read his word more, to pray more, to trust the words that are, were on the pages were really true. Everything was stripped away from Ricky. His ability to eat, his ability to talk, to breathe, to move, to adjust his glasses, to wipe his eyes. But we could see the satisfaction of him trusting in Christ, and then through this, it returned to us, and there was power in that. Even though Ricky's body was getting weaker, his spirit was growing in power, and he was giving us encouragement. It makes me think of the woman at the well who goes to the well for, you know, water. We are all thirsty for something. We all want to be satisfied. The woman at the well was looking to the world and relationships for safety and security, and she kept on looking five times. 
And Jesus said, the water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. I have seen this water welling up, overflowing from a man who's stripped of everything. Our souls were made to drink deep satisfaction from Jesus. Spirit of God filled Ricky with and us with everything that he needed right up to the end. And it was so sweet. It was so sweet. So if you're wondering, you know, the affliction that you're in right now, the suffering that you're in right now, the trial that you're in right now, why is it happening? It's happening because God is calling out. He is sending you his calling card saying, I want you to know me better. I want you to focus on Christ. I don't want you to focus on the things of, number one, the world. I want you to focus on me. Thank you. Thank you, Wayne, for, for sharing. And uh, we're learning today that God is good and that God is good all the time. And we're going to now sing a song that celebrates his goodness. I don't know for sure what all I might face in 2015, nor do you. But one thing we know with certainty is that Jesus Christ is our solid rock. And he is stronger than anything, anything that we may face.